Welcome to Golden Black Saturday simulcast, and it is Saturday, I think to about midnight here after Purdue's uh, uh, defeat at the hands of Wisconsin, I think for uh, uh, the umpteenth time, as uh, it's been well documented over the time, uh, Mike Carmen and Tom Deanhart joined me. Tom, I'll start with you, uh, you know, obviously uh, a disappointing first half, especially from uh, the Boilermakers, some signs of life in the third quarter. Uh, and yet, uh, still at the end of the day, it's a loss uh, to Wisconsin. I guess first, I want to get your reaction from uh, what you what you saw in post game, and then also kind of looking looking at the big picture. What do we get out of this? Not not much reaction in a post game. I mean, um, they always got to look at the film. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. You know, it they got off to a slow start, and. Um, just disappointing. There's no, there's no way to categorize it, guys. Um, losing twenty-one to three at halftime. Wisconsin converts its first eight third downs. Um, the defense looks lost at times again. Um, trouble containing the quarterback run. Um, it looked a lot like a, every Wisconsin game we've seen for the last twenty-five years against Purdue in a lot of ways. It's supposed to be an air raid based offense, but it looked a lot like the old Barry Alvarez offense. Most of this night, with again Braylon Allen leading the way with 116 yards rushing. So yeah, now you're now you're one and three, yeah. and um, you got Illinois next week. And Purdue had to make hay this month, and they're not making hay. Things want to get dip more difficult from here. So uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how the team reacts. Um, it goes without saying, you got to beat Illinois next week. Uh, because then after that, you got what Mich you got Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. You have to go to Nebraska. You know, Minnesota comes to West Lafayette. I might counting uh, Purdue could probably only be favored three more times this season. Next week against Illinois, at home against Northwestern, at home against Indiana. They got one win right now, so do the math. It's four and eight. Um, so again, um, just just disappointing on, on a lot of different levels. Uh, I think we all can agree with, with what we saw tonight. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they'll even be a favorite. I think they'll be a favorite next week. Mike, you're a you're a great odds maker. You can you can weigh on that. that. But uh, just your reaction to tonight's uh, uh, effort or lack thereof. And again, I don't think it was effort was necessarily the issue, but execution certainly was in the first half. You just can't do what Purdue did coming out of the box and uh, and uh, compete against Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin is not a great football team either. No, we're starting to see trends develop. Yeah, that are disturbing. You know, second straight home game where you've you, you've gotten in a hole early. You know, <laughs> first drive by the opposing team, they come down and score. Uh, they put you in a hole, and then they get you back on your heels. You know, you're down. You know, fourteen to nothing tonight, and you're down to Syracuse. Um, the one thing I didn't really understand is, and I think, you know, I, I kind of wrote about it on the message board, but I think Ryan Walters alluded to, he said they were passive in the first half, but that didn't change until after halftime. Well, if you know you're passive in the first half, shouldn't you change that as soon as possible? Uh, I mean, it, it's clear that Purdue's defense just with the front four can't get the amount of pressure that it needs to be an effective defense. So they've got to do some different things with the personnel that they have to, to get off to better starts and get 
you know, your offense back on the field. Uh, so we've seen those trends develop. Third downs in their losses are a huge problem. I think the three teams are converting 63% total on third down. Um, and, and your offense is not staying on the field on third down. That was in the first game. I think that was a little bit tonight, especially in the first half. So we're, we're starting to see things, you know, trend in whatever direction, but you need to, you need to turn that around and, you know, next week gives you another opportunity to do that, but you have to, you have to move that way in a, in a quicker fashion. Tom, did you think make anything of the, you know, I thought maybe out of necessity, maybe the way the game was going, the Purdue did speed the game up sort of by blitzing more, by going to tempo or more tempo offensively in the third quarter. It seemed to work some uh any any feeling that you'll see more of that or was that just a function of where the game was and how how uh, Purdue played it because we've talked about how that fact that that offense wasn't fooling isn't fooling anybody at least didn't in the first half did a little bit more in the second half Purdue did run the ball actually 194 yeah. yards or whatever it was I mean that's that's yeah. the most they've had against Wisconsin since they last beat them in Ross oh. Stadium I should say but my point is is uh anything to be taken from that uh uh, you know, more blitzing. Uh, do you think that's that's a key thing, or is that just an, the fact that you're down twenty-one to three and a half, and you had to do something? Maybe it's a little bit of both, Alan. Um, trying to trying to make something happen by like like Mike said, trying to be more aggressive in the second half. And Ron Walter said that too. Um, but but a couple of things stood out for me, in addition to to maybe not being as aggressive as they needed to be in the first half, which was just the play of the offensive line. Was it just me, or did it seem like Hudson Card was running for his life? He was. Um, very often. He ends up leading the team in rushing attempts with 13. I'm, I'm willing to guess most of those were desperation runs on improvisations and improvisational scrambles. So just little time for him to pass on, on most occasions. And uh, that's got to shake your confidence if you're a quarterback. And then the turnovers, right? We had four last week. Three this week, he had that weird fumble that got called on against Mockaby late, and he had a couple interceptions. I know one was at the end of the first half, sort of a desperation heave, but still had seven turnovers. I think six of those are attributed to Hudson Card. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that turnover buck continued again tonight. And then how about the curious case of Devin Mockaby? Um, I guess we thought maybe we'd see a little bit maybe less of him tonight that he wouldn't start. And sure enough, he didn't start, right? After having three fumbles last week, um, hardly, hardly carried the ball. He had four carries. And I know Tyrone Tracy led the team. He had a nice night with 84 yards rushing. But still, man, for Devin Mockaby just to have four carries, I'll be honest with you, I think they should just be Tracy and Mockaby. Um, I like Dylan Downing, but um, I think Mockaby and Tracy should be the two backs getting all the carries. I think they're your best backs. They're your big playbacks. And, you know, Tracy had eight carries and Mockaby had four. And I know they were losing, so you're not going to run the ball out when you're losing still. So maybe that was part of it as well. But Mockaby had no carries in the first half. He did have the one carry that got called back by penalty. Yeah, yeah. And still no, no, no statistical carries in the first half for Devin Mockaby. Think about that. Uh, Three fumbles or no three fumbles. But anyway, um, 
So those were a couple of things that stood out to me with the, the continued issues with turnovers, um, Devin Mockaby's use, and again, Hudson Card often scrambling and running for his life um, behind the offensive line. But one good note about the line, guys, we saw Gus Hartwig back in action. And I mean, he had to start, didn't play the entire game, but just getting him back, uh, I think we all can agree, I had to help that front. Yeah, no doubt. Devin, unfortunately, also, is he didn't help himself by the one play where he didn't play to the whistle. That was an unfortunate situation where I know it was a situation where I didn't think it was going to be a – I thought it was going to be – it looked like a forward pass, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the call ended up being right, at least looking at it on replay. But an unfortunate thing there. But, yeah, again, the kind of mistakes you can't make as a team – Purdue just doesn't have a margin for error. And, I, and Ryan Walters admitted to that on, on the postgame radio, talking about the fact, hey, we're not good enough to 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 make those kind of mistakes and get the job done. Michael, what, what, what's your solution to all this uh, <laughs> moving forward outside of outscore the opponent? Well, you know, first of all, I think I don't know <laughs> if they need to decide who their number one running back is going to be, but now you have a question as far as who's going to be your main running back. Maybe it can be a shared thing, but they they seemed uh, by design tonight would go with a three-back rotation with Tracy, Mockabee, and Dylan Downing. Uh, Dylan, I know Downing had a nice run there. In one run, yeah. Yeah, a nice run there in the first uh, the first half. But that's a question I have moving forward is, you know, who, who's going to be the guy that you rely on? And, you know, they got in a couple short yardage situations, and Card got him out of it on the touchdown run. Uh, but it was nice to see a little variety uh, out of that. You know, with the offensive line, again, you, you bring Gus Hartwig in now. He's an experienced guy, but he hasn't played with the current group. So how much of a learning curve now or a growth curve with this unit, how long is that going to take to to try to click? Because I do think the offensive line has not clicked this year, in part because you have a lot of new faces. And now you've added another new face. And now how long for that uh, to come together? Just, you know, I, mean, I, I I'm not going to sit here and tell me I, I got all the answers, which, you know, we all do. We're all undefeated on this show right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, they, they, you know, they do, they don't have to play the perfect game, but you can't have the mistakes that they've had. The penalties, you know, they had two penalties on the one drive that wiped out 39 yards uh, mm-hmm. that you know, maybe took them out of field goal range, you know, a chance to get some points early. Uh, so they're doing things to themselves a lot. Uh, Wisconsin, not a great team, but they're still good enough to beat Purdue. Uh, and that, as of right now, it's not going to change for a while. Yeah. And who knows when they'll play again with the, with the schedule the way it is and maybe maybe a period of time. All right, yeah, Tom, you got to, you know, like you said, we talked about Illinois next week. You, yeah. I know we can all look at games that they can win. There, there are five games, in my opinion, that they should be very competitive in. They won't be favorites. I agree with you uh, uh, with maybe the three you're talking about, uh, with Illinois and uh, Indiana Northwestern. But uh, this is a team that, uh, you know, I think one thing, you know, the environment, again, they had 55,000 here tonight, even though it was a Friday and a late arriving crowd. The one thing you don't want to do, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying you do want to, and you've lost three in a row at home. It's really nice to win at home and send your home fans home, you know, happy, especially as good as the environment's been. I think that adds a little extra weight to to the the the, the urgency of next week's game, especially homecoming and Drew Brees coming to town and all that stuff. Yeah, homecoming. I guess you know the Tiller Tunnel will be dedicated. I think Arnett Tiller is supposed to be back, and 
several members of Joe Tiller's family. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's it's a big game, and you like to send the the, the home fans uh, back to their RVs and cars and tailgates, <laughs> you know, with a smile on their face. Uh, get that first win of the season in West Lafayette. Here comes Illinois. Right, these storylines write themselves this week. Um, we all know that's where Walter Ryan Walters came from. Several staff members followed him from Champaign on I-74 uh, to West Lafayette. And um, Illinois' struggles are well-documented. Yeah. They play Ford Atlantic tomorrow looking for a win, but they've really struggled. You'd think this is a game Purdue would have a good chance to win. But, again, just those, the undercurrent of, of, of the – maybe it doesn't matter, but still, you know, you got to think, boy, Walt, Ryan Walters would love to beat his old boss and vice versa for Brett Bielema. So, yeah, just a lot of intrigue. And, my gosh, Purdue, Purdue cannot go one and four in September. I, they can, but, man, one and four guys to lose. Then you're, then you're lose, one and six. I mean, lose four games at home. My goodness, you talk about really testing your, your coaching medal. So, um yeah, I mean, I mean, September 30th, maybe that's way too early in the year to say this is a must win. But, boy, if Purdue really has its sights on trying to get to a bowl game, you got to find a way to beat Illinois to reach six wins. Because if you don't, I, I'll be real hard-pressed to find um, five wins, five wins in October and November this team could rack up. I think that's absolutely true. 2018, Purdue started what? They lost those first three yeah. Beat Boston College, a ranked Boston College team, as I remember. Mm -hmm. But we also had a guy named Rondale Moore on that team that uh, was a huge difference maker. And, and Mike, I think that's the, as we start to wind this down, but I want to talk about a little bit about that playmaker. I mean, Deion Burks, you see that sign of that of him, of somebody. I know that it, the Air Raiden and Tom's written, you both have written about this is not a necessarily a downfield offense, but I think your longest pass play, 18 or 19 yards today. Now, again, fairness, Wisconsin had a 34-yard reception, but it was after 20 yards after the catch. My point is neither team really did much, so Wisconsin had some opportunities to commit, to complete them downfield. They just didn't. They had a couple of drops. My point is, where does that, uh, you know, where does just Ken Purdue fly, find a playmaker in the passing game? I mean, Yassine's been good. Uh mm -hmm uh certainly uh certainly max claire has been good but and and we and i like what i see out of burks but it seems to me you still got to find somebody who can scare somebody some another defensive coordinator well they don't have the big tall receiver that we've yeah. we're accustomed to seeing uh the go-to guy the, the the star power and i think that was a big question coming into the years where was the star power at the receiving core i know they had a at an injury from a transfer but you know mm -hmm. it's hard to you know, bank on that because we we had not seen him in in Purdue system. So, and this is the receivers that they're going to go with. So, I I think it's partly on Hudson Carr to elevate the play of the receivers. Where mm -hmm. in the past, Purdue had receivers that would elevate the play of the quarterback. You know, with David Bell and Rondell Moore, Charlie Jones, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, so they by does by their choice by Purdue's choice they are putting a limited group of playmakers on the field. And that includes tight ends and everything. You know, they're not expanding the receiver room. These are the guys they're going with right now. Now, if there's an injury, what happens? But they have to figure out a way to, to get a few more explosive plays. But, you know, Card needs to have some time. He can't be running for his life the whole time. And teams are going to continue to get after, uh, you know, produce quarterback and try to take advantage of some of that 
lack of cohesion on the offensive line that they're they're going through right now. Um, and it doesn't have to be big, big play. I mean, you get the ball in Deion Burke's hands, as we saw in the first game, and he can make an 84-yard play for you. Mm-hmm. So do you figure out, do you try to do some different things with him to get him the ball and let use his athleticism uh, to, to create some big plays? And, you know, same with some of these other guys. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to be part of it, but they're also going to need something out of their running game. Um, and, the, you know, bottom line is they just have to cut out their turnovers. You know, they're killing them. The penalties are killing them, uh, putting them in bad down and distance situations. And there's just, you know, there's a lot of things that Purdue can't afford. And I think we've seen the, seen those the last two games that they can't have them if they're going to beat, especially Big Ten teams. And it doesn't matter who the Big Ten team is. All right, Tom, closing thoughts. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a lot about adjustment. And finding ways, like I said, to, you talked about it last week about Deion Burks getting him the ball, uh, but it's also just that adjustment of coaching a new coach trying to adjust it. You know, we talked about adversity. We didn't know how fast it was going to come. We didn't think it was necessarily going to come in September. It's here. Yeah, that uh, it's not time to panic, but it is time to. You just want to. You want to. You want to have enough success. So if you're Ryan Walters, what's the first thing you're focusing on as you as you look ahead to, to next week? We talked about there was no finger pointing in the locker room. Yeah. So you want to make sure everybody still stays on the same page and that they're unified. There's no dissension in the troops. Because as as I've said, and it's not an original thought, but you always find out more about people in adversity than when things are going well. So everybody's true colors will come out now, right? Um, There is a sense of urgency. Let's not kid ourselves. There's no need to panic, but there is a sense of urgency. We've chronicled why there's a sense of urgency at this point. And again, I think more than anything, like I said, is keeping everybody together, circle the wagons, stay on course, and they got to continue to believe in what Ryan Walters and his coaches are selling and teaching and coaching. I think that's maybe the most important thing. You can't make real radical changes at this point. You know, you know, you can't change your personnel. You can't start and start a bunch of new schemes and stuff. Um, so you have to continue believing in what you're doing. I think Mike and others have talked about a lot of these things are self-inflicted with the turnovers and the penalties in particular, some of the blown assignments. So it's not like they're that far off. I know these last two games have been ugly, but again, just to stay and stay in the course and not panicking and continuing to believe, um, you, you know, you always want to win, but this team needs to taste a win very badly at this point, just to sort of pick itself up as it turns the corner up. And turns the page into, into October here. Chronological age is not the whole factor for, for Ryan Walters at age 37, but maturity is. And I'm not saying, again, not saying you can't do it, but it's going to test that ability to, to stay, like you said, stay stay in front of things, stay as positive you can and keep your team in as engaged as it possibly can be because you're going to have different measuring sticks for the rest of these games this year. There will be certain games where you're going to maybe measure yourself a little bit differently. I'm talking about the Ohio State and Michigan type of games, but you've got to find a way to, if you're Purdue, to move that to move that needle forward, one would say. All right, gentlemen, it's late enough. Uh, we appreciate your time uh, tonight. We want to thank the Union Club Hotel for sponsoring it, the Boiler, Boiler Up Bar, uh, 811 Bistro. We're grateful for them. We also remind folks that you can, in fact, subscribe to goldenblack.com if you want to read Tom Deanhart's work and Mike Carmen's musings. Uh, uh, please think about doing that. Uh, we've got some specials going on. Uh, we'd love to have you as a member of goldenblack.com. All right. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll see you 
not as late next week. That'll be nice to do a Saturday simulcast at, a, at least on a Saturday night uh, at about nine o'clock, I would assume somewhere around there after Purdue takes on Illinois, which is a 3.30 start uh, Eastern time on Peacock of all things. We'll all be getting our subscriptions updated for that as well. So we'll look forward to that. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. And, and we'll see you next week on Saturday simulcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 